This is the Fail Fast Podcast. Stories of entrepreneurs who looked at failure in the eyes and didn't give up. With your host, the online sales master, Quinn Amorum. All right, welcome everyone. Today we have with us Christine Mendoza. She is a serial entrepreneur and the creator of Face and Body. Christine has started and sold several businesses online and offline. And she has an extensive background in creating and organizing charity programs to help families in the Philippines. She has also been recently accepted as a member of Forbes Los Angeles Business Council. Christine, what's up? How's it going? Hi, how are you? Very good. It's a pleasure to have you here, Christine. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, no worries. So, uh... This entrepreneurial mentality, does this come from family or is this something that you picked up later in life? Um, you know, it's something that I had to do. I feel like um, I didn't have much of a choice because mm-hmm. um, I got my GED at 16 and I've been on my own since. So um, I got into modeling and I realized you know, the modeling world and the entertainment industry, I didn't feel comfortable having to work for someone and also have to like kiss ass or, you know, just be someone I'm not to get a job. And I just didn't want to have to depend on that. So um, in the beginning, I did start with just modeling because I understand that, you know, to open your own business, I need capital. So started fully modeling at 17 and I opened my first business at 19. Nice. So, on my lap. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? I um, I saw that uh, I checked in your, your modeling career, which is fantastic, by the way. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. And you were a professional model for 20 years, so and that is not very common, right? Um, You know what? I, I, well, I started pretty young um, at 17. I lied about my age. <laughs> I said mm-hmm. I was 16. Um, but I, I started pretty young and uh, it's, it's, it's not common in my industry because I am in the glamour adult modeling industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's different with other forms of modeling like runway and fashion and other things. But for me, yeah. a little bit more short lived because we're the, you know, like the, I guess you can say the darker web spectrum of modeling but i understood that because i'm i'm five two i'm very curvy and i knew that uh you know there, there would probably be a shelf life for my career um so that's a big reason why i wanted to go into business right away because i saw that a lot of my peers kind of just fell off or depended on you know um a man or, or somebody else to help them. And I was on my own. I didn't really have anyone to, to help me. So it was either, it was kind of just do or die for me. But um, luckily I've been able to um, still be around. So I'm grateful for my fans that still actually want to see me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I checked your Instagram account. So you're obviously an influencer on, uh, on Instagram. And yeah. So grateful for my fans. Um, you know, they're so supportive. I have two kids. I'm married. So even through my whole journey of just my personal life, they're still around and just really, really blessed to have the best fans. Nice. 
So tell us what what's the dark side uh, dark side of the modeling industry. Um, I guess you can say I can only speak for uh, like glamour. I was in uh, glamour, um, you know, Maxim, uh, Playboy esque type of modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also in like um, the automotive scene, and I did a lot of trade shows. So um, it was great. It's 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 a great, really lucrative business, but given the fact that it's such a risque, um, I guess you can say category, mm-hmm. a lot of people, they kind of look at women in the industry, my industry, like, oh, she's just boobs and she's a whore or she's a slut because she's showing her body. She's wearing a bikini and a thong. Or, and not to mention, I know it's in every industry, but it's extra <laughs> in the glamour and adult because we're already showing our bodies. So mm-hmm. a lot of people who are photographers or, uh, you know, um, agents and um, business owners that want to hire us, they kind of get a little bit creepy because in their minds, I, I, I feel like they probably think that we're all just like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's just a huge misconception because it's just, I guess, how a lot of people in society think when they automatically see a girl who's sexy. So that made me uncomfortable because I'm naturally just a very shy person. Um, and I just kind of went into the modeling because it was the best way for me to make money faster. Because before I was a model, I was a waitress. Um, I worked at a gym and um, I worked at the mall. So it wasn't really working for me because I couldn't concentrate on school and um, I knew that I had to do something that was going to get me out of that situation and that's why I did modeling because I had the the looks for it at a young age but naturally I'm a very shy person I like to think I like to be alone so it was hard for me because I'm not like the the girl that would be at castings and trying to fight for jobs and it was just never in my nature to try to be so catty I guess in that industry yeah um so I had to find a way for me to still stay afloat without having to put myself in those situations or um be subject to creepy photographers and and being a business owner is what helped me and so when I became a business owner I got to pick and choose my jobs and I let the jobs come to me so I was able to still build my modeling because I became more sought after after that. I wasn't out there trying like to screw people over or get a job and be catty or sit around in castings and be desperate. I allowed people to come to me and I got to say yes or no to whatever projects because my majority of my income was through my own business. So I guess that that's what built my longevity. I, I was a uh, uh, scarce Mm-hmm. You know, unfortunately, that um, it doesn't matter if you're in the entertainment industry or wherever. I, unfortunately, there's people that have that mentality towards women in general. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you have a professional profile on LinkedIn or Instagram. It doesn't matter. There's always, you know, people that judge according to what they believe the appearances are. So uh, I'm glad that that didn't stop you and uh, becoming an entrepreneur. And you mentioned that you also uh, bartend. You ran, did you own two bars like in California and Hawaii? Yes, I did. Um, 
that started off because I was also a go-go dancer <laughs> mm-hmm. between my modeling. Um, I also worked as a go-go dancer at um, nightclubs and it was fun because I got to work for friends of mine who were promoters. I felt safe, um, you know, security and, and we were the entertainment at, you know, the nightclubs with girls on the boxes and then stage. And, um, so I worked with this couple and uh, this lady, she's amazing. And her name is Hannah. I lost touch with her. I wish I still talked to her, but she was a big influence in me wanting to get into the bar industry because her and her husband owned a club in downtown LA and she was such a great boss. She would take care of the girls, make sure we were fed, had waters. She, she paid us well. Uh, she paid us way more than any other clubs and promoters did. Um, and she was just really cool. Like she, cause she's a woman and she gets it and she's a, you know, an mm-hmm. entrepreneur and she worked with her husband. She was, was awesome. Um, and I just, I just looked up to her because she was also fairly young and she's beautiful. And I said, you know, one day I want to be like Hannah. And um, when I was able to build up the capital to invest into a bar, um, I just did it. And it was actually all the money that I had saved. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I went for it because I was confident in investing. I mean, it's not like I had tons of money when I first invested into my first bar. Um, I, I was purposely saving up for that moment, but I was confident in my work ethic and my business that I was already running online that if I was to have to start over, um, I can do that. So I invested into a bar in downtown LA. I want to say it's one of the first speakeasies in downtown LA. Oh, nice. And we built it from the ground up. And that was my first experience as a bar owner. And shortly after that, um, I just got addicted because it was just, it felt really good to have a brick and mortar business since my businesses before were all online. So I would travel to Hawaii a lot because I also used to live there. And I decided to also invest into a smaller bar that was more of a, like a, like a bikini bar. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I did that within the same year, and um, yeah, that's how it happened. And then, so you started with online businesses first. the The one I know is uh, online uh, e-commerce CBD brand. And uh, was this the first? No, um, I first opened my first website at nineteen because I did a photo shoot with this company uh, called Mod Effects, and. Um, they're long gone now, but they were like the ma- like a Maxim magazine online. Okay. And, um, you know, like Playboy.com and all these other ma- um, websites a long time ago. They started doing subscriptions. And this was back in, I want to say like 2002. Really early on. I can't remember exactly the date. But I saw that they were making tons of money doing that because you know, they're, they're getting subscriptions from all over the world. And so I just said, rather than have to work for a, an online magazine and they just pay me a flat rate, I'm just going to open my own. So I opened um, one of my old past websites was christinemendoza.com. And I also had uh, Christine Mendoza online and love Christine M. So I had several different websites that had different types of content. And um, that's, that was my first, uh, first website. Cool. And so none of those exist right now? Um, no, um, I 
I, I have a new website now and it's called Christine VIP. So the ones before, um, I just kind of evolved and, um, I, I kind of went through different webmasters and now it's uh, Christine VIP and I have the best webmaster, the best photographer, uh, but it's still, still the same business model. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. You know, I also saw online, um, I can't remember what was it, a magazine that called you the uh, cannabis queen. So you also owned a cannabis dispense, dispensary, I think that's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you still have that? And tell us exactly kind of what it is. Well, um, I I actually also, well, back to the web, online stuff, I actually also invested into um, webcam sites. <laughs> I'm not sure if people know uh, or f- are familiar, but it's pay-per-minute webcam sites. Okay, yes. I did this way before, uh, like way early in the game. And um, that allowed me to invest into cannabis because the webcam business is so lucrative because you have people paying per minute. And I had, you know, I, I had amazing girls that worked with me and for me on the sites that had tons of fans. And I wanted to create these websites because I used to um, work for another one. Like I said, I always learn from everyone that I used to work for. And um, I used to work for a different webcam site and I did, I did great, but I found out that they were stealing from me. Oh. They also gave these crazy rules. Like they have quotas, like you have to do X amount of hours to get this much percentage, which were insane amount of hours that wouldn't even be normal for someone who has a other job or they have family. Like they expect you to be online all day for you to get anything that's even fair. And I was like, well, that's not fair because they're basically forcing these girls to work these long hours and they're only giving them a small percentage when they're the talent. So I used to be working crazy hours just for me to even get 60%. And I, and they would start me off at 30%. Hmm. Um, and I, I just didn't see that that was even fair. And the hours that they were forcing me and these other girls to work were insane. So I just felt that that was, it was just, it just wasn't fair. So I wanted to build another um, website that was like a webcam site that I worked for, but give girls the option to have a high starting percentage. So I would start my girls off at 70, 75, and they can work their way up depending on um, their hours that they do make uh, or, you know, um, if they make a certain amount of money, then I'm more than happy to give them more because it shows that they're working for it. Um, I don't give them hours because I want to hold them accountable. So if girls don't work, then they don't make money. So basically it's just about showing up. So I like to teach girls that about business because I feel like a lot of girls, if they feel like things are too easy, they won't do the work. They'll just expect to get paid. So for me, it's like, I will give you a high percentage off the bat. And zero hourly quota. You can work however long you want for 10 minutes, five minutes, one minute, 10 hours. It's up to you. But you're not going to get paid if you don't work. And I set my sights that way so I can help empower these girls and teach them about business. And from there, I've had a lot of girls who 
learned from me and and went on and opened their own sites and they'll come back and, and uh, work on my site and and then use that as a platform to promote their site and I'm more than happy with them doing that because that's the whole point of me building the sites it's not necessarily for me to make tons of money off of these girls it's more so for me to continue doing what I do so I don't have to pay any quota or a percentage to anyone else or have a quota and also make a little bit obviously off of the girls that are working but it's a tiny tiny percentage because I want to empower them to learn how to run their own business so a lot of these girls have actually opened their own businesses online because they've learned like oh okay all it really is 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 just showing up and they can see that it's it's not um like they're being forced so mm -hmm. the girls that don't work and don't show up, they don't get paid and they can't blame anyone else but themselves. And they can't blame me if it's like, oh, because I don't have a number quota or a, you know, a, a crazy percentage of them taking for them. So they, it holds them accountable of, of them just showing up to work. Very good. So Christine, uh, I know that if today somebody wanted to start a site like that, it would be very easy with a click of a few buttons to get things uh, started because those kind of uh, scripts that create those websites are already built. But mm -hmm. because uh, years ago I, I actually had interest in, in starting one myself, I knew I know how hard it was and how expensive it would be. So did you have to find developers and build everything from scratch? Yeah. Um, a lot of our developers are from Russia. <laughs> so that's, they're, they're the best. Mm -hmm. And it was very expensive. And um, I had a team in LA that would, con would you know, be in constant um, contact with them. So everything was working 24 hours a day because some girls were coming in from um, all over parts of the world. So we had to be, on point make sure everyone is um every button is working because if people are paying per minute they want to make sure they're getting their money's worth and not you know lags and and things like that um so we we really had a lot of pride in keeping it just as structured as possible but the good thing is if you're paying for the service and it was very expensive before they're really really great about um being on top of it so um, we built it from scratch, and um, my team is the best, and it's the same team I still have with my new website now. Um, and from there, I wanted to do something different besides the you know the club scene and the modeling stuff. Um, I kind of felt like bars and clubs were toxic. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like as I grew older and I became a mother. Um, I just didn't feel comfortable with selling people alcohol and them driving home. I just, it just didn't feel right anymore. I think like when I first got into the bar industry, it was so cool because I was still in my twenties and I was excited. It was my first brick and mortar and, and like a woman coming from nothing and having no education to being a bar owner in LA is, is big especially back then where it was, it was never talked about. And this was even before Instagram really started yeah. when Instagram just started. So I was excited about it, but after I realized, you know, like 
it's not really a healthy environment. It didn't feel good to me to be there. I, I had a lot of partners that were stealing that ended up being very shady because of the, it's such easy money. It's, it's a cash business. So, you know, like money would be missing and it can't be accounted for. And I can't be at the bar all the time looking at cameras. So it was just hard. And I just think it brings like a different type of energy. So <clears throat> I just um, wanted to know, well, well, I closed those businesses then um, got into the webcam business. And then I said, well, what can I do that is going to give me a purpose or make me feel good about what I'm doing and not just making money? And I know that the webcam sites, I was empowering and teaching women how to be a business owner online, but I just wanted to do more because I felt like that was also a headache because some girls are cut out for it and other girls aren't. So it was mm-hmm. like... It just was more stress for me than it was fun, I guess you can say. But it was, I kept it going because of the girls that did take advantage of the opportunity. But I, I just didn't have um, my heart into that after a while. You know, it was just like, okay, I did it, and it, and this is self sufficient now. And what else can I do? And I had the opportunity to invest into a dispensary, and this was, um, you know, recently. Uh, last year or a year and a half ago um, and we had a dispensary on Melrose Avenue which is a very popular street in LA and the reason why I wanted to invest into a dispensary is because I'm very big on natural healing and I know it's such a taboo subject for people because you know people see it as a drug or they think it's this and they have their own opinions but you know um, the hemp plant the marijuana plant is such a there's so many healing properties that are natural and I'm not trying to promote anything. I don't mm-hmm. have that answer anymore. But um, I, I myself, uh, I take CBD because I'm always in a high-stress environment. Um, I have anxiety, uh, PTSD. I have all kinds of mental craziness going on sometimes. And um, uh, I need to relax. And personally, you know, I don't really like to smoke. But... Until I, unless I'm going to sleep because I can't really function during the day. So CBD with zero THC has helped me yeah. uh, function. And it's also helped with my anxiety and just all these other issues that I have that I never wanted to take prescription medication for. And the reason why we invested into this dispensary was because since we are also patients, why not provide a service but also have medicine for us as well and also share it with people that it also needed so we created it more to be a holistic center rather than just hey it's a dispensary come and buy stuff and we educated people who would come in and, and they didn't know about you know the benefits of cbd or this or you know um that so we we wanted to make it a place where people can come and get educated so we trained our staff to, to make sure that that was the purpose of why it's called a holistic center. And it was called Buddha Brothers Holistic Center. And it was great. Uh, but like I said, you know, like I get really bored easily. And <laughs> I really was like, okay, this is very, um, you know, like it's great, but I want to get more into CBD. And I, I thought about it for a while, but I, I you know, like with, with the plants, with flower, 
there's so, the laws are always changing and it's so expensive just to keep it running. Since the laws are always changing, you make one little mistake, shut down. Mm -hmm. And it, it got to a point where, you know, you know, we've even been robbed a couple times. Oh, really? So, yeah, well, luckily not, no one was there. But, you know, people want their, their medicine. And, and we've been broken into through the window. We had built a whole wall, broken into again. And thousands of dollars of product would be, you know, stolen. And we'd have to replenish it. So it was just, a, it was as lucrative as it is. There's so much that goes into it on the back end. So people don't really see how hard dispensary owners work and how much money they invest into it. They just think, oh, they own a dispensary. They're making so much money. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. it can be lucrative, but the money that goes into it, it kind of evens out. But um, I just, it was after the second time um, that happened, I was like, I can't do this because what if it happened when my, my staff was there? Or what if I was there? Or, you know, like I just didn't want to be in that type of environment either where I felt scared because we we had such a great product that people were sneaking in at three in the morning and, and stealing. And, um, and, you know, since it's such a still a taboo subject, it's not like, you know, you could easily go and find these people. And it, it's, it was, it was hard because you had to still stay open because we also are an independent, we're an independent company. So we were also providing jobs for people that really needed it. So after that would happen, we'd have to replenish literally the next day or two just to keep everyone working because we loved our whole staff. They were family to us. They were kids. Some of them were, you know, young 20s. And we just had to keep it going just to keep the morale up. But after a while, it just got too risky. I feel um, I didn't want to put anyone in that situation, but I still wanted to keep providing medicine and with CBD, it's so much easier to sell, especially online, because, you know, as long as you have the paperwork and the lab results that says there's zero THC, mm -hmm. and, you know, the, obviously the laws are always changing, but CBD is so much easier because it's, uh, it's more medicinal, there's zero THC in it, and it's, it's not the flower plant itself. So we ended up closing the dispensary and just put everything into CBD. And it's been amazing since because we're able to sell it online. We have zero overhead online mm -hmm. you know, versus a brick and mortar and, and all and a whole staff and everything that comes with that. Um, and, uh, you know, we just sell it online and we, we're able to touch a lot of people all over the United States. We only ship within the United States, but um, we're still able to educate people and help people and a lot of the people that do buy our cbd are women who suffer the same issues and anxiety and stress um depression you know the things that a lot of women go through mm -hmm. are our customers and it feels really good because i've always wanted to empower women but now i'm able to empower them in a different way versus before i was empowering dancers and models and, and girls webcam girls and trying to teach them business and now i'm able to empower other women who are regular women all over the world and not in my industry you know so it, it feels really good because i get a lot of emails from mothers uh just telling me how it's helped their family life because you know, CBD also helps with addiction and 
like cigarette addiction or alcohol or any other type of addiction. It helps with that. It's anti-aging. I can talk about it forever because it's so amazing, but I'm happy that I'm able to to heal people through it. And I think the process was great because even though I've had some downs with my past businesses before, I see my growth because I started just wanting to make money at 19 because I needed to survive and going into the bar industry where I wanted to make my mark and be like, I'm not just a model. I'm smart too. You know, like, yeah, I get it. and that, that was more ego driven, I would say. Um, so I wanted that and I did it. And then I see my transition to going back to online and doing webcam, but flipping it and making it a way where girls can be basically independent contractors and, and working at their free will and teaching them, you know, how it works. And that was fun. And I still have the, those sites up, but my focus is more now going to the other healing realm versus more business. So uh, with the dispensary, that was great and everything. But like I said, it became risky because of the break-ins and just very, very expensive to just keep it going. And I felt like that was just a smart decision because now I feel happy. I feel happier. I'm not on edge. I'm not worried about if my staff's okay or if, you know, if they make sure they got the paperwork correct or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially on Melrose, it can get pretty crazy at night when we would close at 10 and we had some female staff members. So I would always worry about that. And, and I'm a mother, so it's like, I just couldn't handle it. Um, but it was, it was a great experience. But if I didn't have that dispensary, I would have never been educated about CBD, like as I am today. Yeah, we, we have it in the house because my wife uh, has uh probably all of the problems that you mentioned before and she does take cbd uh although i haven't tried it yet but she does take it and we have we can really relate to what you said because we we like natural healing and i try to stay as far away as possible from from pharmaceutical drugs Mm -hmm. so if it is natural and even some things like uh not too long ago, we saw a documentary on Netflix called Heal, where people can try to heal themselves with positive thinking and all that. So we try that, just just try to stay away from pharmaceutical drugs. So I do understand where you're coming from in there. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot of people, especially in the club industry and the modeling industry, have gone you know, way over the deep end with pharmaceuticals. And it's always, it's, it's scary because it's so, it's everywhere. And I had, you know, you turn on the TV and they're promoting something that is toxic and, yeah. um, you know, so I, I definitely agree because it's just, and I'm glad that social media, especially with podcasts and, you know, things like this, we, we can allow people to get educated and become more free thinkers. So, yeah. Christine, do you think uh, women can be smarter with money? Um, no, I don't. I don't think money um, makes you smarter at all. I think I think what it is is more mindset because money can definitely help get you where you have to be, but you have to still earn it, you know. And and if it's just given to you and you're not, you know, you don't really know how to earn it yourself, then you hmm. don't really 
get those tools in life where you're able to just go and, and get it yourself. And, you know, like you're not always going to be taken care of. So for me, I always tell other women, it's like, yeah, it's great to have someone that will support you or that will take care of you. But when does, how long does that gonna last you? Mm-hmm. And if a woman is self-sufficient, she can make something out of nothing, but at the same time, keep her budgeting and, and her spending at a minimum all while being conscious about her credit and her, you know, um, taxes is a thing that we all have to face. Like all of those things can make up a very, very powerful woman who has little money, you know, and um, all it really is just being conscious about those things, spending your credit, paying your taxes, (laughs) stuff like that. And uh, knowing how to work hard. So you're not overspending spending more than what you're making versus a woman that's always being handed tons and tons of money to be comfortable. But what if, when, what if that runs out? Then you become desperate. Okay. And the- you do crazy things. It's just, then you build, you know, more toxicity in your life. It's just, just better off to just learn it, to do it on your own. <laughs> Don't rely on your own. <laughs> and that's something that we see, uh, I guess, from what the media transmits, that is it true that when it comes to the entertainment world, that easy come, easy go, that means you can make a lot of money, but you spend it all? Or, or is that a myth? Oh, yeah. I've seen it happen so many times. And I've seen it happen with so many people that they've, made millions and in two years they've lost it all and you know i've seen people commit suicide because they can't get out of it they don't know how to live without money and their ego takes over and then whatever else they're going through because obviously it takes a big toll on someone to take that much of a loss Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to react to it and that all you know stems from like depression and and the issues that that come with such a big loss if they don't know how to handle it. And that's why I'm so big on CBD and self-love and and learning how to do it yourself because people react differently to things that they're not aware of how to fix or heal. So they act on emotion and they don't know how to fix things. So they go crazy. Um, And a lot of it stems from just like that need, that desperation. So I like to tell you know, especially young girls, you know, save your money. Um, be conscious of your spending. Um, don't put your eggs in one basket. But you have to also take care of your heart, your your mental health, your your energy, you know, because if, if that's all imbalanced, then people start to go haywire. It's just I've seen it happen over and over again. And, and you know, that's why I'm so big on CBD, because it's like no matter what walk of life you're in, we all have bad days and we go crazy, but you're able to handle it in a way where you can just stop and think and kind of reroute your thoughts. It could build a better situation than dwelling in negativity and creating more and more of it. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of people make a ton of money too fast and then lose it faster and don't know what to do. And and um, that's why I always want to empower people to learn how to do it with nothing. Because I've been there before. I've made tons of money and I've lost it all. And the fact that I knew how to get out of it um, is why I'm, I'm, I'm here today. So I've lost everything twice, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And um, the way I got out of that was just basically living to the bare minimum. And it was tough because I lost, I lost everything twice during both of my pregnancies. I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And um, I couldn't dance or model my way out of it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Normally, I could if I was ever in a financial situation. I needed to make extra money. I was working harder on webcam, and there you go. But being pregnant, you know, you can't really do that. And well, I wouldn't. Just not shading anyone that would. But I personally wouldn't because I didn't like how I felt. I didn't like how I looked. And, um, you know, I was going through my whole pregnancy. I wanted to be at peace, but I lost a lot of uh, businesses and money during that time due to very greedy, shady business partners. Um, I think being a woman and getting pregnant, it's funny because I think they saw that as a weakness. And um, I've had to sue people, and it just was a mess. And, you know, litigation took years, and it's expensive. And, and um, I felt like giving up, but, you know, being pregnant, you can't. You're just like, I have to keep going, even though I feel like I have nothing. And everything I've worked so hard for, to have it taken away from me and be pregnant, that was the worst feeling I've ever, ever had with my first pregnancy. And then it happened again with my second pregnancy. It's just that's that it happened that way. But hmm. both ways that I got out of those situations were the same ways. What I did was um, I just had to swallow my pride first because I was already an established model. People already knew I was, I was a business owner. Everyone knew I was making tons of money. So it was a little bit of an ego blow to be like, okay, now I'm pregnant and I'm broke, you know? Mm-hmm. But I had to just get over it, you know, because shit happens. And I did. And um, I laid low, you know, I had my pregnancy. Um, but during that time, I spent literally nothing but the bare minimum, which was my rent at the time, the utilities, you know, um, my, my expenses and uh, whatever I needed to survive. There was no extra like, oh, I'm going to go get my nails done or my hair done because Granted, getting your nails in is only, you know, like 30 bucks. It's still an expense. And I learned how to do my own nails. And so I learned how to do my own hair. I learned how to do my own facials. And um, I couldn't afford the gym anymore. So I cut that my, my membership off. Even though it's only 25 bucks a month or 20 bucks a month, I went to the park and I worked out because it's free. So I found other resources and ways to still live my life either free or very, very cheap and frugal. And that helped me um, sustain myself until I was ready to to get back into work after I had my child. So my first child, um, he was born in December on Christmas Eve. And I went back to work in May and modeling again in May. (laughs) So I, but, and and it's funny because I, I had to, I literally had to lose all my weight and it's hard being a first time mother and my relationship with his father wasn't great at that time. So it's like, I had to just do it for me. I didn't want to rely on anyone else and I had to do it for my son and I just in case. So I lost all the weight, went back to modeling five months later and um, got back on my feet. And that's when I opened the webcam business. So when I opened the webcam business, I killed it, you know, did well. And then 
the bars and all that other stuff was was fine and great and then got pregnant again and another situation where I had a partner that was stealing and my contracts were were shady like I, I was so young with this business that I trusted this partner who was actually my best friend at the time and I was so busy running so many other things that I said okay and I just kind of didn't have my lawyer look through it because my best friend at the time was also a lawyer so I said I trust you you're my best friend turns yeah. out the contracts had so many holes in it he was stealing it was just a mess and, and you know, I ended up getting pregnant and had to go into litigation with that, which lasted a long time. And, uh, you know, that was another lesson for me because normally I'm a lot smarter with contracts. I have my lawyer look at them, but I allowed my own emotional and personal feelings towards someone I thought was a friend of mine to take over. And I guess you could say I was also just lazy to really just go the extra mile because I did have an emotional relationship with my friend mm -hmm. um, that I kind of just didn't pay attention. And that was probably my biggest business blow was that was someone that I knew and trusted and who was a working professional that, that we're all supposed to trust. Right. Um, and that was a big lesson to me. And I like to tell people with that lesson, it's like, regardless if it's your mom, your dad, your husband, uh, your best friend, you still have to go the extra mile to make sure you're protected because people change and money changes people. And if people see an opportunity and and where they conceal or screw you over and that supersedes their character and their integrity, mm -hmm. they're gonna take it. And it's happened to me many times. Um, and I just, and before, you know, people that were stealing from me, it was like, oh, you're an asshole, like, whatever. And, you know, go through legal court, action, whatever, or, or dissolve the business. But this one was like, you're, you're my best friend. And, and I looked up to him because he was educated and a lawyer. And, and that was a big blow because it was like, I invested into him because he couldn't invest into himself because he was just, he just graduated law school. So I actually gave him the opportunity and I thought that he would be grateful for that. And I was like, okay, I look up to you as an educated man. Congratulations. Run this business. I'm going to do my thing. And I had my child, my first child already. And that just goes to show it's like, even if you give someone an opportunity and you hand them a business and they're a family member or a best friend, and even if they're educated or they look like angels and, you know, mm -hmm. Trust everyone one hundred percent, and it's not being a negative. I'm not saying that. I'm not. Oh, I'm gonna go and think everyone's gonna screw me over. You just you just have to be protected because you don't know how people change or what they go through in their own lives and and how they will change with money. Because like I said, I was the one that gave him this opportunity. He didn't have the money to invest. I allowed him to work for his percentage and this is what he did to me. So you can literally give someone an instant life, an instant business, and they will screw you if they're not used to having money or having their own money, you know? And, and that's what I mean when I say people act out of desperation when they don't know how to make it themselves. 
and when they're given an opportunity to take it, they will. But that only brings more toxicity and negativity and bad karma in their lives. So it's like, why do that to yourself? You know, so. um, Yeah, unfortunately, it's true. And that happens daily. And uh, people go more instead of having a perfect written contract they go with more what they feel in their heart like oh it's my best friend or family member and that uh, it, it may work sometimes you know but uh more than often it won't so if you have a good written contract it may actually save the business and the relationship that you have with the person so that's good advice that uh i, I bet i bet you learned your lesson and uh you get perfectly written contracts from now on? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, before I've always had them, but, and I would do the, you know, double check and have other people read them too. But, you know, I just was fooled because this person was my friend for a long time. And I just, I guess I was naive to think like that people would be as grateful as I am to if I was in that situation. And I also, you know, since I was, you know, GED at 16, I don't have much of an education besides that, other than what I, I've taught myself. I've always looked up to people that, you know, have these jobs and are educated or, or graduate because it's something that I want to do one day. I definitely want to go back to school. So, you know, coming from where I've come from, I, I used to see that as like society would paint that those people were perfect. Like, oh, he graduated law school and, you know, like he's this upstanding citizen. And you would think lawyers are there to protect you and defend you. And if they go to school for that many years and they're paying this type of money to go to school for that, then and he's your best friend, you would think that he's a good guy, right? My mistake was we've never made money together in our friendship. And the minute that money was involved, I guess he saw how easy it was. And I guess he probably thought I was stupid or, or I wasn't, you know, um, wouldn't be aware. Uh, he, t- he took it as an opportunity to take advantage because, you know, he probably had student loans that he had to pay mm-hmm. for. And he didn't even have a car. Like he could, like, I mean, I get people's situations, but it's like, bro, I gave you a business and my husband gave you a car. <laughs> like... <laughs> Hello, you should be grateful, but it didn't work out that way at all. He was he was totally ungrateful and and uh, shit hit the fan. Um, had to go into litigation, and it was hurtful because I, he was someone that I thought was my friend, and I became pregnant, so it made it harder because of all my emotions, and it reminded me of my first pregnancy, and I'm like, why does this keep happening when I'm pregnant? And uh, yeah, I just basically had to start over. And I did, again, did the same thing. And after that was when my eyes opened and I said, you know, I'm no longer going to go into business in a in a field where I feel there's negativity, like a bar or, you know, something where I feel that it just isn't going to help people. Like after all of those losses and dealing with people who get so money hungry. Yeah. And they and they they obviously disrespected me. They they thought I was just some bimbo that has a GED. So they saw it as opportunities to steal from me, thinking that I wouldn't know what was going on or, or fight back. So I said, you know, it's not about money anymore. It's not even about like making tons of money. Now it's like, 
what's going to make me happy? Because I've made tons of money before. I've owned tons of businesses. I've lost some businesses. I've had to pick up from having, you know, starting with nothing again. Like, what's going to make me happy now? Because obviously before when I had tons of money, I was attracting people that just wanted to steal it from me. And perhaps maybe I still wasn't in a positive mindset as I am now. And I was attracting that myself as well, not aside from just people's greed. But I wasn't as healed then. So I was just always on the go. How do I make more? How do I make more? And I think that's probably what attracted leeches. And the industries that I was in before was kind of, you know, there are some great things about those the bar scene and I loved it, but people go there and drink alcohol to have fun, but it's, it, people also go to bars to drink their brains out because they're depressed, you know, and, and it's not healthy. And I, I saw that, that it wasn't something that I was going to do for a long time. And perhaps maybe in divine timing, in some crazy way that this was the way to divert me out of it. So I could see that there's other things I could do that are more, more positive than just making a ton of money and owning bars, you know? And um, is one of those things that you're in one of your newest ventures, uh, face and body? Uh, yeah. Um, so after uh, we did the CBD thing and it's doing great and I'm happy about it, um, I said, well, how, how much can I help people more? Like, how can I, how can I take this further? Because, you know, I, I I feel like CBD is such a great thing, but I was, people were buying it and I could educate them on it, but it was not very personal. And I think that's something that I've always wanted to do is, was take that extra step and help even more, you know, and in the past when all I wanted to do was make money and own businesses. And that was very ego driven. And I was also running from my past because I felt sad or, or hurt that I wasn't, you know, um, I didn't go to school. That was an insecurity of mine. And, and I didn't have much of a backbone, like uh, not backbone, but like support yeah. for, for me. So I had to do it all myself. So I think I developed this like uh, complex that was, was constantly trying to find validation through business. And it, and it wasn't even the modeling thing. It was like, I wanted to be respected. I wanted people to know I'm smart. I wanted them to see I'm powerful. I'm a boss. And that was my mentality before because I didn't have a, really a, a family. I mean, I have a great, my parents are great, but we had a very tumultuous you know, time in my teens. So I, I you know, was on my own at a young age. Um, so I didn't have that support from, from them. Um, and I didn't really have a lot of friends because I'm normally at home. I'm just, you know, I'm not really a social person. So I've always had that insecurity because I wanted to be accepted. I wanted people to think that I was smart, that um, I'm not just a girl with boobs and, you know, dancing around and, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, like, like I wanted to be more than that. And I want, I wanted to, to prove that to people because it was such a, a crutch that I had back then because I, I didn't have anyone to tell me like, Hey, like you're doing great. I, I guess I just needed that validation. So it was very ego driven. And I started getting more into like making more money and I wanted to do more and make more and make more. And like I said, it attracted the wrong people that, that 
basically wanted to, to steal from me and use my hard work to their advantage. And at the same time in their heads, I think I'm still that stupid girl that didn't, that is not educated, that is just dancing around in the bikini all day. So I had to get out of that. And I went through this really long, years long spiritual healing, especially during my pregnancies. And uh, I had to learn how to face my demons and then really just accept myself for my past and who I am. And, and it was never the modeling that, that hurt me or bothered me. Cause to be honest, I love what I do. Like I love the modeling and I'm still actually doing it to this very day. And people tell me all the time, like, why don't you stop? You have other businesses. And I don't stop because it's something that I love. Like I love my fans. I love uh, the work. I like the way I feel when I'm, you know, dressed up and I have my makeup and I'm working. I love it. And um, my modeling career is actually what has helped me create investments into these types of businesses. Mm-hmm. I built my capital through my modeling. So it's, n- it's never really been the modeling. Toxicity was, was always me, I feel. My, uh, my insecurities with myself, just like not really finding that time to heal. So going into business unhealed, I was attracting negativity because I was doing it because I wanted to make money to prove something. And I think that's my worst downfall in business was I didn't have a purpose. It was just money. And I want to be known as a boss and I'm smart and look at me and, and I'm not stupid because I wasn't healed yet. And that's when I had the most negativity towards money losses, uh, people stealing from me and all the heartaches were that time when I was not healed myself. Um, so I'm really big on teaching girls, like before you want to get into any type of business, what's your purpose? And are you prepared for this? And are you healed? If you're not, yeah, you can run a successful business, but what's next? You know, well, what if you lose your business and you become even more damaged? And obviously everyone's different, but I like to make that aware for people because even if they do open a business or want to start something they also have to be conscious of how they heal themselves while they're in that journey. Because if you don't have a purpose and you're not taking care of yourself, you're kind of like driving with a blindfold, just hoping you don't hit, hit something, you know? Yes. So I'm really just, I mean, through my own mistakes and my own um, admissions and, and things that I've been through, um, I see that I've attracted a lot of negativity that was not healed myself. And I, I didn't have purpose before. Um, so now um, with the CBD stuff, I feel like that's some, I'm proud of it. And I'm proud to heal people through it and educate them. But, but I'm always like, what's, what can I do more? And it's not necessarily like, how can I make money? It's like, okay, you know, I'm not really focused on money right now because I'm comfortable. So I decided to start Face and Body because I wanted to do something that was uh, more of a free blog for self-help um, information and tips, empower women who want to start businesses, um, help women who have anxiety and depression, or women that are mothers or single mothers, or, or you know, just people who feel like they're the underdog and, and you know, maybe girls like me who wish that they had an education and they have that insecurity and, and they don't know how to 
um, heal from that, you know? So we started Face and Body because um, I didn't want to do anything that was going to be like another shop or I wanted to give back. Um, and that's why the, the site, if people want it, we offer a lot of um, educational tools, uh, a lot of uh, self-help articles. Um, we do a lot of contests. Yeah. So we help uh, girls who want to start business businesses. Um, you know, and one thing that I've learned with starting a business is I love online businesses. <laughs> um, you know, brick and mortars are great. And it's, and I feel like you know it's it's great. I think everyone should experience owning a brick and mortar. It is such a great educational process. However, it's hard, and the overhead is crazy. Um, yes. And people who do own these brick and mortars, they probably have billions of dollars. So if you're not a billionaire <laughs> or have that much money to be like, here you go, I'm gonna open this uh you know bar right now. I would always suggest opening an online store so you can get the feel of how to um, invest into something where you don't have to pay crazy overhead. You don't have to pay people to build anything. Um, you can just basically make money throughout the entire world with just a website if you have a really great product. And even just having an online business, it teaches people who don't know anything about business, um, about money about expenses, about taxes. So it's a great starter business. And anyone that wants to get into business, I always say just do an online store first or online anything or or a service online or something. But brick and mortars, I know a lot of people are like, no, I want to go straight into building a shop. Okay, good luck. But if you haven't, you know, if you haven't learned how to do your taxes on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with just an online store, imagine all the other expenses with having to do taxes on top of a brick and mortar overhead, you know, and that's how people go bankrupt, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. And a lot of people still think that a brick and mortar is the easier way. And I, I disagree. I, I think online is just so easy. You don't need to be computer savvy anymore. Everything in right now could be done drag and drop or get or hire somebody to get it done. And, and yeah, like you said, there's no overhead. You can, you can run a million dollar business by yourself with the help of software and tools, right? It's very easy. And so with our contests, um, I wanted to do, I wanted to be different from other websites that do, oh, you know, here's a contest, you can win a spa package, or here's a contest, you can win this purse, shopping spree. Um, I don't want to do any of that. I think it's done, it's been done, and it's frivolous. Um, I want my contests to have meaning because I want to attract the right type of person that goes onto my website. Um, And the contests that we have, we give away tools to start an online business. So a lot of women, they can't invest into uh, equipment or say, um, you know, a Shopify store, an online clothing boutique, or even a YouTube channel, or um, if they want to open a modeling website. So our, our contest prizes are always uh, packages where they can win uh, a podcast kit yeah. or a YouTube starter kit 
And then another prize was uh, we pay for their Shopify account for for several months. So those are the types of contests that we run on Facebook Body versus here's a, here's a bag, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's very nice. Very nice and helpful at the same time. Yeah, and it's and it's cool because our winners that won last month they they've even held us back and they were excited because they've always wanted to do, um, you know, one one person said they've always wanted to do a makeup YouTube channel, but they they don't can't afford the camera system and the um, you know the microphones and the lighting and all that. So we provided that for every winner that we had. We had about five. Hmm. That's actually a good idea that I may, I may take that idea and uh, on uh, give some do some giveaways as well on Instagram. Yeah, it's it's you know it's really nice because it's like you're giving people um, the opportunity to just do it. And like I said before, with my webcam site, I like to hold people accountable. I give you the the tools. It's really up to you to, to show up. So with these contests, it's like if you win. You can't get mad at anyone else if you don't do anything with it. If you're lucky enough to win, say, for example, a podcast kit, and you didn't start anything with it, then that's that's on you, but you were given the tools. And I like to do yeah. that because, you know, people sometimes, all they need is that little push. Exactly. They need that little opportunity and a push. And then if they don't take action on that, uh, I guess... It's out of your hands there. Yeah. Okay, Christine, before I let you go, uh, I want to give you the chance to let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find Face and Body and, and your CBD business. Um, you can find me on um, faceandbody.com. It's F-A-C-E-N-B-A-W-D-Y.com. Um, and you can also find CBD. It's 30 milligrams, zero THC, CBD capsules on aotacana.com. That's A-O-T-A-C-A-N-N-A.com. Um, on Instagram, it's at face and body, spelled the same as the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, aotacana is also same spelled as the website, aotacana. Awesome. And for those of you that are listening, uh, driving, I mean, uh, running on a treadmill or whatever, I'll have the show notes uh, with all the links there so you can check them out. Christine, thank you so much for the for being here and sharing your story with us. Thank you so much. I had a great conversation with you and I'm sorry I just talked your ear off, but... <laughs> <That's No. how. laughs> it was a pleasure, Christine. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for subscribing to Fail Fast Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and visit failfastpodcast.com for show notes, Quinn's social media, or even to tell us your story.